0: Good to see everybody this morning. How y'all doing? Fantastic. That's what I like to hear. That's the way, Ray Ray. He had a couple of good news for me this morning. He's fired up. Praise God. He answered some prayers, didn't he? Yeah. Yes, he did. He does that. We, we just want to say welcome. We love everybody. Glad that you're here this morning. Ready to, we sung praises. Wonderful job, guys. Wonderful job. Most of them had this shirt on. I know, I didn't get the memo. You, you didn't get the memo. <laughs> but uh, it, it's just great to see everybody out today. And uh, We got some announcements up here for you. Got a couple of chapters for the Bereans. We got Wednesday night Bible studies at 7. We got the Thursday ladies journaling at 7. And we got a pantry after services today. So, please remember after services to hang around go to the back if you don't need it get it for somebody that does and just hand it to them and say hey god has blessed us with this and we want to share it with you so take it to a friend to a neighbor to to one of your family whoever needs it use it for god's glory okay and that's what it's there for so welcome to everyone uh before we get in uh, all of the children If you want to go back here, Miss Sue, step forward and raise your hand. She's going to uh, take all the kids up to the Bible class. So gather around her. I didn't forget this time. Last week it was like, whoa, whoa, hey. (laughs) (laughs) So all the kids get ready to come on up. Good morning. You got a visitor? Look back there. Hi. Yes. How you doing, Samson? Little heads up now, stay away from Delilah. Okay. <laughs> all right. It's, it's good to good to have everybody. Just a welcome to all of our visitors. You're always invited to be here. You're family now, I hope you know. You step through the doors, so you're family. So um, as we get prepared for the word of God, we always take a little moment to pray and to prepare our hearts and our minds to receive it so and then i will close this out and we'll get into the word of god father we just humbly gather together here today as your body of christ as those who are seeking you we're seeking your face we're seeking your ways we're seeking to understand you and your character and what you desire for us and and we we love you father and we thank you for the lord jesus christ we thank you that you sent your son so that we might have the hope of everlasting life and to 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 be with you in that heavenly realm father and so as we as we gather and as we sing praises and as we pray and as we give our hearts to you and worship father we open that up now to receive the word of god within it and upon it so that we can know more about you more about life more about the way to go but help us father to deal with the things of this world that are pressing all around help us to be shining lights to everyone that we see ambassadors for christ where we live in jesus name we pray amen all right if you would turn to joshua chapter 7 that's where we'll be this morning joshua 7 we're working our way through the book of joshua and boy i don't know about you but it's just been overflowing to me with all kinds of of information and things that i never even thought was in there and and so the holy spirit's been revealing these things to us and and we can review a little bit to where we were last week you know that this is the spiritual journey of the children of israel coming into the promised land and it's like us on our journey through life right now this is what we we need and we need to see these illustrations of things that, that help us to win the battles and the victories and things that cause us to be tripped up in this life. And that's, that's what we're seeing in this. This is all reference for us in the life that we live. And trust me, you've got to trust me on this. The next couple of weeks, we're going to learn so many different layers of this that it's going to be wonderful and things that, that the Lord is revealing through His Word. So I hope about... The, the church and about our christian walk of life and about the character of god and i pray that you will be here to to soak all of this stuff in um, we have to learn these truths for a victorious life in christ and to stand and prevail against our enemies and last week was no exception we learned why the walls of jericho had to fall there was some reasons why They had to fall it it wasn't that there was just a vendetta or anything there had been things going on behind those walls and in that land and in that country for over 400 years we saw all the way from the promise given to Abraham that your seed was going to spend 400 years four generations in Egypt under bondage but I'm going to bring you out of there and the reason they have to do that is because the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full so grace said i'm given 400 years grace said that when god did bring them out after that 400 years that there was 40 more years of intensive gospel training going on there was the the 10 plagues in egypt there was the crossing of the red sea where god parted it and they went across on dry ground there was 40 years in a desert wilderness where they were supplied with water out of rocks where they were supplied with manna their food from heaven to pick up every day on the ground god was faithful his place of worship the tabernacle his people Israel he led them every day and every night by day he was a pillar of smoke by night a pillar of fire for 40 years that happened out into the wilderness you know why it was the gospel message being preached that this is God this is supernatural and that that you you need to follow him that you need to be ready and prepared and so that was what it was for it was the message of who and what god is to all of those people round about because for 400 and now 40 years the iniquity was full but you have a chance to repent because you hear that because what was being paraded for that 40 years out in the wilderness the ark of the covenant And the Ark of the Covenant we saw represented the Lord Jesus Christ. And that inside of it there was the Ten Commandments and the manna and the rod that budded. And that those represented the law and the sin and the burden. But that, that box that was wood covered with gold that represented the Lord. He bore inside of him our sin. He took the law and the curse upon himself. And so inside of that was that representative. And then on top of that was the mercy seat where God's mercy when the blood was applied to it that the righteousness and justice of God that was looking down in them cherubims would see that and that they, they would know that they could be forgiven of everything. And that ark of the presence of the Lord for 40 years was with them and there. And then when they crossed over, it was keep your eyes focused on the ark. He will go before you. And it was the priest bearing the ark that stepped into the Jordan River and it parted. And they went across and the the water rode one way and created dry ground and backed up like a dam this way all the way back up to a city called Adam. So that was like the barrier between them and the land of promise was this river. And the Lord took care of everything all the way from Adam all the way to the other end. And so the gospel message was being preached in that. And the walls of Jericho we discussed last week, the different we had three different scripture references of the abominations that goes against the creation of God and why it had to fall. That God from creation has given us genders. He created man and woman. He gave us marriage. He gave us family. He gave us freedom of choice. He gave us also nations as we prospered and we did what we we carried on and, and had children and created families and then prospered in the nations he has put those things there as his sovereign creation and to go against the the sovereign creation laws of god he calls abominations and the people in these lands for over 400 years had went against that and he said because of this reason i cast them out from before you this day and so that's why we saw last week that the walls fell and they went in and utterly destroyed everything. And then we, we learned about a word, didn't we? You remember "karam"? You remember that word "karam," which is a Hebrew word that means it's translated cursed thing. And we'll see that today. But it's translated as the accursed things. But what it means is something that's banned, something that's been totally dedicated unto God and it's and it's his and it and it has to has to be destroyed those who are redeemed from the curse because it means to be a curse those like us who are in christ have been redeemed from the curse rahab was redeemed from the curse so the walls did not fall on her and and the 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 problem of the curse but the rest of the people inside who did not believe in the ark they did not believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. They did not believe in God. So they continued to practice the abominable things. And so the walls had to fall and that had to be taken care of because the curse, the carom, the has to be taken care of by God. And so that's where we are now. We saw why the walls had to fall down. And now we begin anew today. And if you're there with me in Joshua chapter uh, 7, As you're turning there I want to read the one scripture of Joshua 6 17 and 19 that discusses that carom there where it says that now the city shall be doomed by the Lord to destruction. This is Jericho it and all who are in it only Rahab the harlot shall live she and all who are with her in her house because she hid the messengers that we sent and you and he's talking about the entire congregation of Israel now. Whenever they're getting, the walls are getting ready to fall and there will be spoils in the battle that is going to take place. He says, and you by all means abstain from the accursed things. Lest you become accursed when you take of the accursed things. And then you also make the camp of Israel a curse and trouble it. But all the silver, gold, and vessels of bronze and iron, these are consecrated unto the Lord, and they shall be in the treasury. So what we saw was when the walls fell flat, Rahab and her family, who had been already redeemed, they were saved and they came out, but the rest of them were under the curse, the carom. And so they were destroyed, everything in it. But that is a pattern throughout the Bible, folks. It's representing the curse of sin. The curse that came upon us and mankind. And it represents that curse that you've got a choice to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. Or refuse to do that and then you're still held under the curse that happened with with Adam and Eve in the garden when, when the curse came. So that curse has one solution and that's faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and so that's the same pattern and that's what this battle is representing the spiritual battle that we all face every day so when we believe in him we are born again of the water and the spirit god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life he that believes on the son is not condemned with the curse but he that believeth not is already condemned because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. He that believeth on the Son hath life. He that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God, the carem, the curse, abides upon him. This battle of Jericho is the spiritual illustration of that warfare that goes on in our lives every single day with all of mankind the lord is on display every single day his grace and mercy his sun rising and setting the stars coming up the rotation of the moon i've been watching it we went from a little sliver to now it's almost a half moon and it's going to go to the full moon and then it'll go back down it does that every month the lord god portrays through his creation who and what he is and everybody can see it he's on display We've got to be saved from the curse of destruction through faith in Jesus Christ. And so now we're ready for um, another scripture that shows us that in in this life, that that is the battle, the carom. We're going to talk about it in in just a moment. We saw that the city, the reason it was to be destroyed was because of the accursed things, the carom. But to us, you and I, here's what John tells us in 1 John 2, starting in verse 15. He says, Love not the world. All of the things that's out here that's calling our name. Neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. All that is in the world, and it can all be boiled down to this, and all of the temptations come through this, and all of the trials and all of our struggles comes through the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. All of those things is what transpires from three things. The, the lust of the world will pass away. Those things are not of the Father but of the world and they pass away in the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Did you notice that at the end there's a promise? That is a special promise for you and I. It's a promise that says that if we follow in faith the will of God, that we will abide forever with him. Now, isn't that not a precious promise? That is what he has given us as the alternative to the curse and to destruction. So without further ado, if you're there with me in chapter 7 of Joshua, I'm going to start with just verse 1 that says, But the children of Israel, after all after all that they've been through and after all that they've done and the warning in chapter 6 before the battle that said, don't take a, the accursed thing or you'll be accursed and so will the camp. And the walls fell and they went up and there was a great celebration of victory. Verse 1 says, but, that's a contrast. The children of Israel committed a trespass in the accursed thing for Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, The son of Zerah of the tribe of Judah, he took of the accursed thing. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against the children of Israel. We've got one guy. And I'm going to tell you what. Next week, we're going to go into some depth on how the Lord is going to figure out who done this. He's telling us already in the beginning. And he lists the generations from Judah all the way down to this Achan. And he's going to show us how we're going to figure out who it was. But this one man partook of the accursed things that we was told not to do because that was devoted unto God for destruction. And if, you, if the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, and you're going to find out that he's going to say, I saw it, I desired it, so I took it, and I went and hid it. So those things worked on him, and he got it. It was one man, but you know what? What I do affects a lot more than just me, doesn't it? This is going to end up affecting his entire family, but we're going to find out in a minute that what he did is going to affect the entire camp of Israel. Do you know that what I do, what, what any of us do, can in fact infect e- even the body of Christ? He says that this accursed thing has cursed the entire camp of what you took, but none of the rest of them even have an idea that this is in the camp. And I've warned you before, and I've told everybody, when are you most vulnerable to an attack or to something to happen to you in the wrong way? When are you most vulnerable? After your great victories, isn't it? man after after a great spiritual victory when things are going well we get lax and that's when the enemy says okay get lax on me and here comes that spear right into the side i mean he's he waits until we relax when we're saying oh man things are going good i don't have to worry about anything that's when it pops up when you least expect it we're most vulnerable then god gave them a great victory the reason that everything went to god is because this was the first city of conquest and first fruits belong to god and god said all of the first fruits of this city belong to me we're going to find out in a week or two that achan if he would have just waited to the next battle they're going to get all kinds of spoil but he couldn't wait he wanted now and so he took from the things of god that belonged to him instead of waiting for the things that god would then bless him with after you had given to god what was rightfully his and so now we got a man named Achan here and he took of the accursed things and we're going to find out in a minute that that's a play on words because Achan means trouble or troublemaker so this this is going to be a play going through here but only Achan was guilty but it affected everyone because of this now Achan's name means troubler or troublemaker and in first chronicles chapter 2 and verse 7 it gives us a commentary about this man and it says there that of the sons of Carmi, achar or achan achar means troubler of israel achan is trouble who transgressed in the things of the accursed so what that means is we are seeing his character being given in this that he was a troublemaker he was a troubler and that was his constant way he could not refrain from doing those type of things and that's his character the character of god says i i can't have that to continue in in my way so uh it's going to be used as a word core or the the valley of trouble in verses 24 and 26 of our chapter 7 of joshua that confirms god's standards and his ways and so now, we go on a little bit, now that we know a little bit about Achan and that he has taken of this, it's an illustration for us not to do the same thing, not to get ahead of ourselves, not, not to, to have that desire of the world and the, the lusts thereof, but to, to to listen to the word of God. So now, let's go back to Joshua verse 1, and now we understand a little bit about Achan and what happened Let's get a good portion of the story under our belt. The children of Israel committed a trespass in the accursed thing. Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah of the tribe of Judah, he took of the accursed thing, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against the children of Israel. Joshua sent men to Jericho to Ai. So we're getting ready for another battle now. They just won the great victory there at Jericho and Ai's next on the, on the, the radar, which is beside beth on the east side of Bethel. And he spake unto them, saying, Go up, I want you to view the country. And so the men went up, and they viewed Ai. And they returned back to Joshua, and they said unto him, Hey, this is going to be easy pickings. We don't need all of the men to go up and battle here. They are few. They're not like it was at Jericho. So... He said, why don't we only send two or 3,000 men to go up and smite Ai? It's going to be easy. Make not all of the people to labor and thither, for they are but few. So they went up thither, the people of Israel, about 3,000 men, and they fled before the men of Ai. And the men of Ai smote them, 30 and 6 men, for they caused them to flee from the gate, of the city all the way to shevarim and they smote them in the going down where the hearts of the people now melted because and they became as water and joshua when the report of this defeat and the loss of life came in in verse 6 he rent his clothes and he fell to the earth upon his face before the ark of the lord until even time he and the elders of israel And they put dust upon their heads and they were praying. And Joshua said, Alas, O Lord God, wherefore hast thou at all brought all of this and our people over Jordan? And then we get delivered into the hands of the Canaanites and the Amorites that they might destroy us. Would to God that we had been content and dwelt on the other side of Jordan. O Lord, what can I say when Israel has now turned their backs against their enemies and read, ran away from them. The Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land now are going to hear of this defeat and how we ran, and they're going to say that we're weak and they're going to to circle us, they're going to environ us or surround us, and then they will take us out. They will cut off our name from the earth. And then, dear God, what happens unto your great name? when this shame comes in the land after the huge victory of a great walled city with close to a hundred thousand men that they won without a peep without a loss the Lord fought and delivered the battle into their hands they go to AI they spy it out and say man it's few we don't need that many only send two three thousand up and we should be fine and they go up there and they get their butts handed to them don't they and they get 36 loss of lives we got casualties and so he's he hits the floor and he begins to pray Now i want you to know it says in there that ai is close to bethel now on wednesday nights those that, that were here then it's been a little bit since we've been in chapter 12 of genesis but in chapter 12 we saw that when abraham was called out of the ur of the chaldees to come over into the promised land it says that he pitched his tent he built an altar at bethel and he pitched his tent between bethel and ai bethel means does anybody remember house of god bethel beth is house and el is god so bethel means the house of god ai means the place of destruction so it, a, a heap of ruins is what Ai means. So by Abraham pitching his tent between the two depicts our battle all the time that's going on, doesn't it? Between the battle of the house of God and the house of ruin. We are in this spiritual battle all the time. In which way do we pitch our tent? Toward Bethel? Or is this week my tent pitched towards Ai? So Ai goes all the way back to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12. And it's depicting this battle. So they won the battle. Bethel represented that battle of Jericho, the house of God. But now Ai is the house of ruin. And it has destroyed them now. They have ran and they've turned tail. And God has been ashamed. Joshua, that's his main fear is that the Lord if we're wiped out what happens to your name he's worried about the reputation of god and what we've done and why did you allow us to win one victory to lose this what is going on here and so he's trying to figure it out so then he he gets on his face he begins praying you know what do you know what the problem was has anyone figured out what the problem was yes he did Good job, Johnny. They left God out. Who did he send to spy out the land? Some spies, right? Let's call them privates. He's the general of the army, and so he sent some privates to go out. Now, if you remember, he was spying out Jericho, and the Lord came to him, and the Lord began giving him the battle plan. But now he's got privates going out to settle out the land and to scan it out. They come back. They're supposed to just tell him what they see. He's supposed to take it to the Lord in prayer to get the battle plan. But he allows the privates to tell him what the battle plan needs to be. Oh, there are few. Let some of us rest. We don't all need to go up there. Just send two or three thousand and we can handle it, Joshua. it's, It's a piece of cake. And Joshua listens to the privates instead of going to God in prayer because what would have happened if he would have went to God in prayer and said, okay, I'm going to take these words under advisement but I'm going to the commander-in-chief of the army of the Lord of hosts. I want to see what the Lord Jesus Christ has to say about this battle and where we need to go. And if he would have went to the Lord, you know what the Lord would have told him? Joshua, you're going to get defeated because there's sin in the camp. He would have told him in the first place what had happened. And that Achan has taken this and buried it underneath of his tent. And I'm not going to fight this battle for you until you deal with that problem. But he didn't do it. And so he listens to the advice of his men. We get a little full of ourselves sometimes, don't we? Especially after a great victory, we just think God's always going to just be there and do it no matter what I'm doing. So he goes in, listens to them, and then full of vim and vigor, they go up and they get defeated. And they lose some life. Whenever it says that they went from, that they were chased and they fled from the gates of the city to Shevarim. You know what Shevarim was? Shevarim was rock quarries. That was places where they would cut these rocks to build these walls and these different things. Jericho tried to hide behind rocks, and God made them fall down whenever the walls fell, and they went up and slipped. Now, instead of having the walls fall down and they're victorious, they are being chased by the enemy, and they're running towards the little caverns of the rock quarry so that the rocks will save them and that the rocks will hide them. And they stopped chasing them there because you have the small entryways going through and it could be a fierce battle and they figured we've done enough. We've chased them off. So now he hits his knees and now he finally goes to the Lord of hosts, the commander of the army of God and he begins to pray and asks him why, what happened in this fray? And the Lord begins to tell him and he says, For two reasons, Joshua. Two reasons why you have failed and why the army is now accursed. And that's because you left me out and because there's an accursed thing inside here. And you didn't seek my advice in this thing. Instead, he forgot to go and now they've been retreated. Look at verse 4. It says that they followed that game plan and they flee. Verse 5, they were smoked by 36 men and they chased them all away to the rock quarry of Shevarim and the great contrast we see now of what following the will of god turning to god for the way that we should go and following his word rather than following my way and my thoughts or listening to my family or listening to my friends or my privates that's out there in the army i can take under advisement but my final advice needs to be going to the word of god and allowing it to steer me in the proper direction and what we should do so now verse six joshua rent his clothes and he fell down and he takes it to the lord and he and the elders and and they're praying in verse seven we get a little bit of what he was thinking as he prayed Alas, O oh god we've been defeated i know it wasn't your game plan to bring us out here and to win one victory and only be defeated in the next i know that's not what you intended so what is happening i I know you don't want us destroyed because that would ruin your good name this is really what the translation is trying to say to us oh i want to see what's going on how many times do we do that too why is things happening in life why is things happening to country why is things going on and different things We don't always have the answers, but we turn to God to try to find those answers. Verse 9, the enemies, the Canaanites, all the inhabitants of the land is going to see this, Lord, and your name is going to be, be run down. And then, verse 10, the tide begins to change. They've been praying, and now God begins to answer their prayer in verse 10. He says, get up. Get up, folks why are you lying on your face like that here's the reason why so here's God talking to him Israel has sinned they have transgressed against my covenant which I commanded them and they have taken of the accursed thing you notice one man did it but now he's saying the whole body was affected by what that person did He said you there's been a transgression I made a covenant agreement with you they broke that covenant agreement And so now he says look at verse 11 someone in the camp of Israel Joshua has taken of the accursed thing that I warned you not to take. They have stolen. God's covenant not only has has been marred and went against but now he says that when you took of that thing that was devoted to me it is the same as stealing against me. That hit me pretty hard. He said they have stolen And they have dissembled also. And I was like, I got to look that word up. (laughs) I've never heard it used in, in that sentence in that kind of a way. So what does dissembled mean to a country boy? And it literally means to deceive. It says, not only did they do this thing, but they're deceiving you. They didn't tell you what has happened and they have it hid. So in other words, deception is being had. You didn't know anything about it, but you didn't seek my advice. Look at verse 12 this is the reason for the defeat joshua therefore because of this the children of israel could not stand before their enemies but turned their backs on them and ran because this is going on in the camp the army of the lord has now taken on the curse because they have the accursed thing in there and the lord god says i am grieved at this and look what else he says now this is frightening he says Not only I am grieved by what's happening, but I am no longer fighting for you. I am no longer there fighting. And that's, you remember, I fought the battle for you the other time and you was following. This time I quit fighting for you. And we think, and Joshua thought, I can do it on my own. How does that work out for you? I mean, really. When I try to do it on my own and in my own way and I leave God out of the picture in this warfare that I'm in, how does that work out for me? It don't, does it? It does not work out very well when I leave him out and I do what I want to do. I think he can be at my beck and call like a little genie in the bottle when I do get myself into the mess. But he says, here, mm -mm, I stopped fighting because you've broken those things with me and you've now turned your backs you were defeated because of you have cursed you have broke the covenant and i am no more with you to destroy to help you with the war except you destroy the accursed thing from among you Whew, that's serious business verse 13 so joshua get up get off your duff and sanctify the people sanctify them for thus saith the lord god of israel there's an accursed thing That's inside there. In the midst of thee O Israel. And you will not stand before your enemies without me. And I will not be with you. Until you take away the accursed thing from among you. Isn't that powerful? That's a powerful message for us this day. To to learn and understand a little bit about the character of God. And how he sees our battles in our lives. And what he desires for us to do in turning to him. And listening to him and following what he says next week we're going to see the word of god in some more action and in a little in depth we're going to find out exactly who took it where this accursed thing is but we're going to go a little deeper into the word of god and see how god allowed them to find out and to choose how this happened there's some there's some wonderful things that we will find out about what those items represented that they took you're going to be amazed at what of it it just from the reading it looks like a garment and some silver and some gold but remember that this was the moon god city right that jericho means the moon god and so this was the heart of supernatural uh demonic type worship and things we're going to find out some things about what that garment represented what that piece of gold represented and there's a reason why god said you've brought this into my camp and the camp is accursed because of it there's a reason why i just pray for america that we are not bringing accursed things into our country as well with the things that that we're doing and i pray that the lord's body the church is supposed to be the one that stands against the enemy we we need this body of christ here is bereans you all love the word of god and you love to study and you've been telling me how much you love it i wish that every church in america was bereans and i wish that every church in america loved the word of god and would stand against our enemy and would reveal the light and we wouldn't be where we're at but too many times around this nation they're condoning the abominations we are not a condoning place of abominations of god we are a mass unit a surgical spiritual hospital that brings in those who are hurt and wounded and need the help and the direction of god and the holy spirit in the life and to be rehabilitated this is a place of rehabilitation for those things and then we stand united in the power of god for that and take that to the world because we don't want casualties we don't want losses along the way do we amen so as our praise team returns we're going to study some cool things next week so bring a friend and be here because we're going to see some cool things about the lord and and his word and how god reveals these things and what it was that they took but as we close out for today on this study of the word, never ever, some things that we've learned, we don't ever want to get too comfortable, do we? We don't want to get too comfortable. We don't want to get too lax. We don't think, want to think that we have victory and there's nothing to worry about because the enemy never gives up and he always comes after us. So don't get too comfortable. Never underestimate him or we'll get thumped jeremiah says in jeremiah 10 23 we need to to turn to the lord instead of our own understanding he said "O lord i know that our way of man the way of man is not in himself we do not have it in us it is not in man that walks to direct our own steps we cannot direct our own steps we have to trust in him and learn his we must seek his face we must walk in his ways we must let his word be the light to my path and the lamp unto my feet and then learn to reject those temptations and those things of the world that the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes and the pride of life reject them to be filled with his spirit and learn to walk with him and it all begins as we begin this today with faith in the lord jesus christ believing in him being baptized into christ as it says here in mark 16 and verse 16 that when you have believed your expression of that faith the thing that that moves you forward into a new gear now is is that public expression of that and and then you are in a covenant relationship with him and the lord is who you trust in fighting these spiritual battles as we move on in life amen learning to do all the things that he would have us to do afterwards that's what the other one in matthew 28 says that after you have done this thing in faith you've believed you've been taught you've been immersed then it says then we teach them all things whatsoever i've commanded you so that they know how to follow me so that i continue to fight the battles with him and lo he says when you do this i will be with you forever even unto the end of the age father We just humbly bow in your presence.